This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Health Check. In this fortnightly podcast series on Wednesdays, The Straits Times guides you to healthier living and clears up misconceptions with our expert guests. I'm Joyce Teo and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. Today we have Dr. Dinesh Sarasena, who is a consultant at the Sports Medicine Department of Kutekwat Hospital. He's here to shed some light on some popular misconceptions about fitness. So hi, Dr. Dinesh. Hello. Yeah, so we hear like different uh, misconceptions about exercise, right? One of it is crunches will give us a flat tummy. So it's about like doing, do you do 20 or do you do 100 <laughs> crunches a day? Can you tell us more about that? Crunches, yeah. Everyone loves doing crunches, right, in the gym. You go to the gym and you see everybody doing crunches, sit-ups <laughs> and so on. And I guess crunches has its part to play. But your abdomen, your your core really has a lot of muscles and the crunches will really work out one set of those muscles, which is your rectus abdominis muscles. Mm -hmm. And those are the basically the six pack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And so if you really just want to have a six pack and nothing else, then by all means go ahead and do the, the crunches. Other exercises that you can be doing for your core muscles and the obliques, your transverse abdominis. There's even your hip flexors and your lower back muscles that you should be considering in terms of getting the shape and getting the strength in your core. There's a variety of different exercises you can do. Simple things that you could try as things like the plank, the side plank, things like Russian twists. So if you add in a twisting movement when you're doing your sit-up as well with a medicine ball or something like that, mm -hmm. that can work out the oblique. So actually adding in things and not just relying on the crunches is quite important if you want to get that. Right, but you said the crunches will give you your six-pack. So if you don't do the rest <laughs> and you just do your crunches. Well, I don't know if it will be as effective as if you don't work out the other areas. So it's, right. it's one element of what should be a more multifaceted approach in terms of strengthening your core. The other issue, though, if you just focus on doing the crunches, is that mm -hmm. you might start to have other postural issues. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not strengthening your back, what might happen is you start developing back pain problems mm -hmm. because you're just so hunched over and everything. Your rectus abdominis is really <laughs> tight and you walk around a little bit like the Notre Dame, you know, <laughs> Quasimodo. But, you know, it's about having a more general approach to strengthening the core. You've got to move on beyond the six-pack to the eight-pack and the 12-pack. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dr. Dinesh, what about if I want to lose weight faster, right? Should mm -hmm. I be working out every day? Hmm. Well, back in uh, 2010, the World Health Organization came out with this recommendation saying that to maintain health, we should be doing a minimum of 30 minutes aerobic exercise five times a week. Mm -hmm. Now, that can be broken up into, you know, three 10-minute blocks or, you know, just walking around and so on. For most people who are sedentary, if you start doing some exercise, it's a big step up, mm -hmm. okay? But if you want to lose weight, the WHO in their guidelines also mentioned that actually it's not just about doing the bare minimum. You have to do more than the bare minimum mm -hmm. because actually losing weight is basically a, a simple mathematical calculation between intake and output. If your calories are higher than your output, your body will naturally store those calories. Unless you have other medical conditions like thyroid disease or something like that, you naturally will put on weight. And so unless you aim to expend energy or at least do more than what your intake is, mm -hmm. you're not going to achieve that weight loss. So working out every day, yes, you can say that's important, but it's more about the regularity of doing it. So making a routine thing that you do. So if you're somebody who takes the MRT to work, stopping, getting off one stop earlier and maybe walking a little bit 
maybe that helps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe going to the gym on a regular basis. Um, I mean, personally for me, what I've done is I've started cycling mm-hmm. 10 kilometers to work and back. So wow. I, I do 20 a day. And if I'm feeling more energetic, I'll cycle all the way home, which is 24K. Wow. <laughs> so, so it's about kind of doing the exercise on a regular basis as opposed to saying, do I need to do it every day? Well, it, it depends on what yeah. your objective is. If you want to maintain your health, you can do the minimum suggested, recommended by the WHO. Mm-hmm. If you want to lose weight, then you need to do something a little bit more vigorous. You need to also think about your calorie intake, and you need to make it a regular event. Right. What about some people, they want to be burn more fat, right? lose weight faster, and they sure. actually they don't eat before they exercise? They work out on an empty stomach thinking that will help them? Sure. Does it yeah. help? One of the issues with trying to lose weight very quickly is that you can actually lose fluid as opposed mm-hmm. to actual fat. So you might feel like, oh, I've lost weight, but actually it's, you, you're kind of in a dehydrated situation. In terms of whether you should eat before you exercise, the trouble with not having anything to eat before you exercise is that it can affect your performance. So when we exercise, the body generates energy from glucose or from fat and different different substrates. And the essential sort of element of this is this molecule called ATP. Now, when you start to exercise, you have glycogen stored in the muscles, you have glycogen stored in the liver, and what naturally happens is these kind of get used up to begin with. Then, once these are burnt up, then your body should go into a kind of fat metabolism situation, and um, it will use fat and ketones and so on and so forth to generate energy. But the energy generated from those substrates is less Mm -hmm. than what you get from the glycogens and glucose and so on. And so what will typically happen is that your performance may dip. And so if you, let's say, want to do a long run or something like that, you may not be able to do that long run without having some sort of supplement or nourishment along the way. So if you have something small to eat, you may mm-hmm. be able to achieve that exercise that you want to. And after a while, your body fat will start to sort of lessen as you are able to exercise for a longer period of time. So if you're asking me, should you have, you know, mm-hmm. should you exercise without having anything to eat? My answer mm-hmm. would be probably no. You should have something small and something that's palatable to you. Maybe a, a balance between sort of, you know, short acting and longer acting carbohydrates and something that's, you know, not going to make you feel nauseous or unwell while you're exercising. So it really mm-hmm. depends on what you like to eat, I guess. I wouldn't recommend having a nasi lemak or something like that before <laughs> you go and uh, do a marathon, but equally... It needs to be something that's palatable to you. Right, but for a regular like exercise session, mm-hmm. so you talk about performance, but sure. does it help to burn more fat if I don't eat? Or? If you're in a fasted state, your body will naturally be in a kind of fat-burning state, but again, you may not be able to exercise effectively mm, Okay. if you've not had something to eat. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're aiming to burn off fat and through exercise you may not be able to burn that fat off so right. effectively if you're not able to exercise because you're in that sort of catabolic state. I see. Okay, great tips, Dr. Dinesh, and thanks for clearing our misconceptions so far. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Health Check on Apple's Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now, back to our conversation with Dr. Dinesh Sirisena, a sports doctor from Kutek Puat Hospital. So, Dr. Dinesh, we often hear that people say that muscles weigh more than fat. How true is this? Well, Ernest, uh, muscle actually does have a higher density than fat. So, mm. if you take a, a certain volume of fat, fatty tissue, and a certain volume of muscle tissue, mm. most likely the, it will weigh a little bit more. 
And actually, that, that, that's quite interesting because some time ago, there was this whole debate about body mass index. Yes. And so for the general population, it's a very quick and easy way of saying, am I underweight, am I overweight, overweight. am I obese, and so on and so forth. Right. But when you take high-level athletes who are super fit, they've got lots of muscle bulk and things like that, let's say some of the premiership rugby players that yeah. I used to work with back right. in England, you know, they had BMIs of 30, 35, but majority of it was from muscle bulk rather than from fat. Mm. So if you go by BMI alone, it's not always so accurate, okay? Right. And that's because the muscle has a higher density and, and so on. However, there is this general trend to move away from just thinking about body mass index and looking at body composition and looking at body fat percentage and so on. At one of our clinics uh, at Admiralty Medical Center in the north, we Is have that an, the Active SG one? Correct. Yeah, we have an okay. association with the Active SG uh, group. They have a bioimpedance machine which you can turn up for. They look at the kind of conduction of electricity through the body, and through that they make a calculation as to what your body fat percentage is. And so it's a little bit more accurate than just doing the BMI alone because, like I said before, if you're a very high-level muscular mm. individual who does lots of sports and things like that, your BMI mm. can be high because, as we mentioned before, the, the density of the muscle is greater than fat. But if it's for you and I, I think it's the BMI is still a good measure that we can do quickly in our homes and things like that. Okay, we'll have links to that in our uh, text as well for this podcast. Yeah. There are machines that you can buy at home, right, to measure body fat. Are those accurate? The ones that on the scale where it looks at the yeah. uh, impedance and things like that. I think it's a good estimate and it's something that's nice and easily available commercially. But the best way of doing body fat is a displacement chamber. Okay, mm -hmm. So you step into this little chamber. It's either air or liquid displacement and it tells you what your composition is and so on and so forth. That's obviously not practical for yeah. most people and it's not practical in terms of finances and so on and so forth. But, I mean, you can go to like the active SG places for free, okay. okay, and you can get them to do your measurements, you know, they'll do your height, your weight, your bioimpedance and everything. So you actually don't even need to invest in those machines. But if you want to, I mean, if are you those want, accurate? Yeah, it's not so bad, but I don't think it's going to be as accurate as what those guys have. Right, yeah. we'll give you a rough idea. Probably. Yeah, so it's right. it's a bit like having a weighing scale at home. It may not be the most accurate scale in the world, but the important thing to do is to use the same scale day by day rather than using different scales mm -hmm. because each one will have a slightly different calibration. So Dr. Dinesh, what are the other exercise like misconceptions that you've come across at work you know, from the patients that you see? Oh, wow. One of them is maybe, I guess, about activity levels and diet. Mm -hmm. So when we tend to exercise more you tend to feel a bit more hungry because yeah. obviously you're exercising. You think, oh, you know, I could, I could kill, a, you know, uh, say nasi lemak again or I could, you know, a burger or something like that. And the natural tendency is to think, well, I'll eat this and I'll burn it off, no problems and so on and so forth. And you know what? It depends on your objective. You know, if your objective is to lose weight, as I said some time ago, weight is basically a balance of intake versus output. So if your intake is high, and your exercise is at a reasonable level, you naturally may still put on weight. So it, when you start doing exercise, you will naturally have a little bit of weight loss. Okay, now that could be fluid, that could be some fat and so on. What people typically find is that things plateau. 
and then they get disappointed they get disheartened they say well you know i'm exercising so hard why am i not like losing weight <laughs> and so on and actually the key is you need to like drop your calorie intake as well right you got to study that yeah you yeah. need to balance it to your expenditure so if you want to lose weight you need to be in a slight negative while you're exercising mm. now that sounds counterintuitive because you're hungry all the time and so the important thing is to look at what you're eating are you eating healthy things are you eating things that last longer in the gut makes you feel fuller if you're having very high glycemic index things like jams or breads and things like that it's not going to last it's going to get digested very quickly and you're going to feel hungry so you're going to need to eat again mm. whereas if you have maybe more high fiber things more the vegetables and so on they'll take longer to break down and you, so you'll feel fuller for longer and hopefully then you can balance your calorie intake as well to your exercise what about other misconceptions people with injuries in the sports clinic what have you seen from them One of the common things that people come in and say is, "Oh, I've injured my ankle." And you say, "Okay. So, uh what are you doing now?" And they say, "Oh, uh, no, I'm not doing anything at all." And you sit there and say, "Well, you've injured your ankle, but your the rest of your body is okay, right? Mm-hmm. What are you exercising?" And so there's this common misconception where if you've injured part of your body that you can't do anything else. I'll give you an example. So case study is myself. After I had my knee operated on, and uh maybe you know I'm the exception to the rule but I got so bored sitting at home <laughs> that I found my way into the gym and I was like well right I can't run I can't walk I can't do much with my operated leg what can I do so I started pedaling with one foot on the exercise bike resting the other one on the frame okay and then I started doing upper body weights and core exercises mm-hmm. and actually there's many things that you can do If you look at our para athletes for example now of course you know we have the ASEAN para games coming up APG and uh, these guys have various disabilities they've lost a limb they've got shortening they've got contractures they've got different different things going on. but look at what they're doing some mm-hmm. of these athletes are able to run 200 meters faster than i can i remember being at the 2012 olympics on the pitch side and there was a guy with no limbs he had an amputation below both knees mm-hmm. and i remember watching him at the start and he was so slow so slow and then he got onto the straight and he zoomed along and he did the 200 meters in about 25 seconds i mean oh, that's remarkable that. right yeah so it it's about thinking about what you can do as opposed to what you can't do and if you've injured somewhere don't think i can't do anything i can <laughs> do something and this is what i come back to before it's about doing something and doing it regularly getting that into your mindset that mm-hmm. actually exercising regularly is important and then it becomes almost like a physical need for your body to do it and when you don't do it you feel worse than when you do it yeah that's true that's great advice dr dinesh so as you said i mean uh, a lot of it is due to consistency sure and even consistency in studying what you eat yep and intake and outtake absolutely so great tips thanks dr dinesh You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. We hope you like this latest healthy living tips. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.